twin rows versus single rows. It's an experiment you're going to hear all about the results of in this episode of Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve. I got the Miles brothers, they're not really brothers, they're father and son. That's Matt and Lane Miles from McGee, Arkansas. And we're talking about twin rows versus single rows planted in furrow. This may be a, something that you're completely uh, foreign to, like me, or it might be something you're actually doing. Either way, it's a trial and the results of which you might learn something from. Uh, probably about a month ago, got a message through the Extreme Ag uh, text stream and Matt was explaining the difference in yields he got from a twin row versus single row. How things are done in the delta of Arkansas might be different on your farm except that you might glean some information you can use. So you'd said oh Damien want to do an episode about this is only relevant to anybody that actually does uh, you know, flood irrigation uh, and raised bed uh, planting and I said I'm not sure about that. I think it's kind of an interesting concept. So anyway a little bit about your farming practice and a little bit about the the trial. Um, you plant on raised beds. You irrigate. I call it flood irrigation. You call it something different. So go ahead and take us through that and then talk about the trial. Yeah, so so we plant on, on a 38-inch raised bed. So we furrow irrigate. So we lay poly pipe out, uh, punch holes in it, and water from the top of the field to the bottom of the field. Those fields are, are landformed, you know, with a grade on them. So... You know, they're not rolling hills. Everything's basically flat. Uh, for us to irrigate, we have to have that, what people call precision level. So the reason why we're on 38 inches is cotton. Cotton is what, what our farm started on. Most of the farms in the Delta started as, you know, as the, the better ground was cotton ground. So the 38 inch width for a cotton plant was deemed to be the best the closest basically you could get and still achieve maximum yield. Well, when, so by doing that, unless you have a separate set of tractors and equipment and planters and everything you need, you we had to adapt that 38 inch row to our beans and corn. Before 2006, we didn't even grow any corn. So corn, corn is relatively new in, in our area, you know, when you look at the whole scheme of things. So, you know, we were going out there with our cotton planter and planting single row beans when, when, so, so this is a trial. If you say this is a trial, we probably had these planters for 15 years. Mm -hmm. We started looking at how, cause it, once we started getting into grain, you know, just by our peers and different people we were talking to the narrower, narrower, the row, the higher the yield. So how do we get that narrower? That's hard to say. More narrow. <laughs> How do you get that more narrow row and and can and still keep it on that bed so you have the furrow to irrigate by? Okay, so real quickly, by the way, Lane, uh, you guys were cotton farmers until you were like eleven or twelve years old, and then did you did you were you, were you even aware of what was going on when this change happened? I, though I was I was probably so two thousand six, I would have been 
I would have been 12. Good, good math there, Damien. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm capable. Yes. All right. I did that in my head. All right. So you're 12 years old. Did you even know what was going on when you're like, you went to school and they said, what in the hell is your dad doing? He's going to start trying to grow corn. They're supposed to do that up in the Midwest. Is that what happened? I'm going to be honest with you, Damien. I, when I was 12 years old, I was forced to be on the farm. And at that time point in time, like going to work was, was not yeah, it was punishment. All my friends would be at the local swimming pool or playing in a on a field, you know, whatever. And I was going to work, so uh, I didn't pay as much of attention then. So when I really started paying attention, I was probably sixteen, and at that point in time, it was it was normal practice. Right. You didn't want to be a farmer when you were twelve years old. No, I didn't want. I didn't want to be a farmer till I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old. When I was 12 years old, when I was 12 years old, it was 1981. That was the absolute, like the absolute, like someone threw the gas on the fire of the farm crisis. And it was the absolute meltdown. So you talk about not wanting to be, I didn't even want to be in, I, I wanted to like live in, in, uh, you know, in a, in a city and be away from it. Cause trust me, it was, it was a bad time. Um, all right. So 38 inches, that was because of cotton. And then all the equipment. So I'm guessing that someone decided that's the way cotton should be produced. So then all the equipment became set up for that. And then you were making the switch. So once you made the switch, 38 inches is way too wide for corn. And so that's when you said, well, if we're going to be this far apart, let's stick two rows on top of this furrow. And, and again, to the person that's not from your part of the world, you can go on and see videos. There's some really cool videos. In fact, there's a video of Lane walking around walking down the line with this poly polypropylene tube that's filled with water and whacking it. And they whack it with a little punch that uh, and then the water spurts out. And I said, I want to do that job. And Matt told me, yeah, you'll like that job for about the first hour. And all of a sudden you get tendonitis in your elbow from going and whacking that thing. The first million holes is pretty good. The last million holes is not too much fun. <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, so you got with soybeans. You know, because th that plant at, at the time we didn't grow corn. So we started growing twin row soybeans. And there were several reasons for that. You know, uh, one, we were actually being able to spread that plant out some to get it. We were actually, if you take a, a twin row 38 inch planter, we're mimicking, we're trying to mimic a 30 inch row, but we're getting about 32 inches. So, you know, we were going where the big boys were going or getting a lot closer and still being able to do what we have to do to irrigate. So it started with the soybeans and we've got so, you know, pigweed's got really bad. Palmer amaranth got really bad resistance to that. So the, one of the key things we've got to do in any crop is canopy closure as quick as possible. Well, if you spread that plant out, then you get canopy closure quicker. You know, if you drill beans, you're going to get canopy closure in 10 days, two weeks, where if you got a single row bean, it may not ever get canopy closure. So we needed that shading effect to reduce the weeds. Then we seen that it was starting to increase yield because we were getting that plant closer together. So when we started planting corn, I said, okay, if that works on soybeans, it ought to work on corn. So the first year I planted corn, I went out there with my twin rows. And at that point in time, I actually had 20, 20 foot twin rows, two six rows, because I didn't have a lot of grain at that point. It was mostly cotton. And planted it, it was no yield difference. I'm like, What's going on here? Well, 
the more I learned to grow corn, the more I realized that you had to have even spacing and even depth. You know, that's that's the Bible on corn right off the bat is everything needs to come up at the same time or you decrease yield. Well, when you're sitting on that bed with a piece of equipment, that equipment's going to move as you're going down a field. Right. So if you're if you're widening that out. And you move over four inches, then now that, you're that, down. Now you're on the side of the mound. By the way, how big for the person listening that's just driving down the road or in their tractor, they can't visualize what we're talking about. The top of those beds, since we call it rate, you know, raised bed planting, the purpose is because then the water goes down the 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 valleys of these fields. How big is the the bed? Is is it a foot tall? It's about a foot tall, right? It's about it's about six inches tall. And about a foot wide is okay. where we're at that point. Okay. So we kept trying the twin roll in the corn and we weren't getting any extra yield. We weren't losing any yield. We weren't getting any extra yield. The the more educated, I'm not gonna say smarter because I'm still a dumbass, but <laughs> the more educated I got with corn, the more I figured out that when we were getting on the side of that bed, we were actually changing the depth. And so that was that was the, any increase in yield we were gaining, we were losing in planting mm -hmm. on, on the planter moving around. We were able to find a tillage tool, I say a tillage tool, a bed preparation tool that actually gave us about a 18 inch top. Mm. Okay, so wait a minute. If you're if you're mashing it down, does that mean it becomes if you're mashing down the top of the bed, I want Lane needs to comment on this. If I mash down the top of that bed that used to be a foot wide, now it becomes 18 inches wide. Doesn't that make it smaller? Does that make it shorter? Does that does spread that dirt out? Well, sort of kind of it can at times. The the tool we actually bought more or less just shapes a wider bed. We're not mashing it down as if that makes any sense at all. Uh it's taken, it's taken a I guess you would say a smaller plow and making a narrower furrow, but a wider bed. Okay. That makes but the same depth. But the, the same depth. The, the, right. the bed's still the same height. It's just wider and a smaller, and it's a more narrow middle and a wider bed, same height. Okay. And so we were able to, at that point, we started being able to, so that planter would set on the center of that bed. Well, immediately we picked up 10 bushel acres, sometimes 25. You know, I, I did a three-year study, two, it's been two years ago, so it'll be five years now, with a minimum of 10 bushel increase in yield. And, and it's not just the fact that we're, that we're narrowing that up. We're also giving those plants more room right. to grow. So instead of, on a single row 38, your seeds are about five and a half inches apart. Okay. Right down on a twin row 38, they're nine and a half. And then seven in between them. So you're giving that plant more room to grow, to flex, to to do everything it needs to do. So what you just said is nine and a half inch spacing from one to the next. And then on top of that bed, there are two rows on top of that raised bed, and they're seven inches apart. Right. Seven and a half. Think of seven it like, like a triangle. So if you've got a plant at the top, yep. on the left hand side, there one right below it's nine and a half inches. And then if you, you're you staggering them like a triangle, so your next point's in between the two of them, but that's seven and a half inches over on the other side of the bed. Got it. 
we're not, not going to do too much geometry here, are we here, Lane? Like isosceles, uh, isosceles triangles, right angles, those kind of things, hypotenuse squares. Anyway, so what we got there is the the uh, the spacing is it gives enough room so that they're they can you know thrive, but also you achieve canopy. So one thing you talked about, I want to go through it here. You said we achieve canopy, which helps with weed suppression for things like Palmer amaranth. Um, that's, that's obviously good. It takes eight weeks, six weeks into the season, eight weeks into the season before that's uh, actually happens though. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Right. And, 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 and you gotta be quick on corn. You know, you can't just go out there and say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spray it. 10 days from now, because 10 days from now, the canopy will start to close enough that you can't get through there. Okay. And your furrow clean with the, with the wide row 38, we can plow. If our furrow gets messed up or filled in or whatever, we can plow a 38 inch row. You're not plowing a, a twin row 38. When you say plow, you mean like cultivate between the rows? Yes. All right. Yes. It's common practice here to be able to get the water down. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then the next thing, population. Uh, if you just did a single row, your population would be less than the twin row, but you are spacing them out more. So tell me about the population between single and twin. You want me to go? You? Nah, Lane, we haven't heard from Lane for a while. Do you know the population? Yeah. So we're we were thirty four five on single row, and we're still thirty four five with the twin row we haven't seen a lot of yield gain or yield loss really moving that a lot the population stays the same pretty much hey you guys were asking before hit record how many people watch versus just listen to the audio most of our action happens on audio but if you are listening to this and you wonder what am i missing by watching lane is wearing a chestnut manor farms uh t-shirt which is i think in size small or maybe extra small because he looks really buff he's like he's really he's, he's showing that he's been working out but he's wearing a very small uh, chestnut manor farms t-shirt so if you're just listening and you want to watch you should watch so you can see uh the the beef master over here all right so thirty four thousand five hundred is population regardless so you're not spending any more on seed um you get 10 bushel more yield on twin row why would somebody not do twin row if they're going to do what you're doing? They don't you know, have the equipment. Is the, equi the equipment expense? Well, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people are going to use the same planter. They, you know, one planter. They can take that one single row planter and do a lot of things with it. Yep. Uh, with twin row. And that's where we were. We were taking the twin row and just putting soybeans with it. So we needed to really be able to justify, you know, that $200,000 planter on more than just soybeans and, and, that we just kind of evolved into that. There's a lot of people going to Twin Row, but there's some that just, uh, you know, they just, they just won't do it. My cousin come and harvested for us, and we we actually because of time. So I'd rather have a single row and plant it on time than wait on a Twin Row and be out of time. Then you really negate yield. I mean, it, it don't make any difference. My cousin came out three years ago and harvested for us, and we were running two Twin Rows in a single row in the same field. And he said, he called me, he said, every time I get in the twin row, it's 10 bushel better. And he converted completely over. But a lot of people just don't want to do that conversion. It's it's a lot more trouble. A perfect example is you can't just go out there and plant on a loblolly looking bed. 
if you're because of the fact the planter moves, so you've got a hey, wait, wait, Lane, you got to be my interpreter here. What the hell did he just call it? A loblolly, a loblolly bed? What do you call it? Lollipop bed? What do you say? Lolly looking bed, a loblolly looking bed, a raggedy looking, junky looking, like a tire with knots on. Okay, it. so the bed, the beds have to be, but you do that every year anyhow, don't you? Don't you go through with a, a machine behind the tractor that shapes and sculpts the beds? We do, and, and, and a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people try to get by the cheap way. They'll plant a single-row corn, and then they'll come back and plow it. It's a lot like, I'm not trying to cut you off, but just for just for visuals, it's a lot like Chad running his strip freshener. So he does his, he he, he runs his uh, strip till, and then he come, he'll come in and run his strip freshener to kind of smooth it up and, yep. and get it ready to be able to plant. It's a little extra work. So it depends on if you want to make, you know, fifty to seventy-five dollars more an acre, and spend ten to do that on field work, or if you just want to not spend the ten on field work and make, you know, fifty or seventy-five less. I mean, that's kind of a smart aleck way to look at it, but it takes work to make that bed preparation to use that twin row. Yeah. Well, I like making money, and so do you. So, all right. So the <clears throat> just from the standpoint, of, okay, we know that the trial is such that it's always made made you ten bushels more. Are there other inputs? The seed stays the same. Uh, the bed has to be refreshed, prepped properly, which probably should be whether it's single or twin rows. Uh, is there any other added expense? You're you're not putting out any more input cost. You don't have any more plants, so you're not putting in more fertilizer, fertility, are you? No, everything's the same. It might be a little bit cheaper because you a lot of times you won't have to make that third herbicide pass. Because we make so we trade that extra tillage trip to get the bed right for a herbicide cost that we don't use. So it gives you a bit more canopy effect, which is interesting, just because of the spacing, right, Lane? The the you get more canopy early because of the way the triangulation of the plants is. It's a lot faster. Yeah. So then does that save you? Does that save you? Is that less? Is that less water? Because if you got shade, it doesn't evaporate as fast. Can you cut back on water? That's not, it's not noticeable. Mm -mm. Oh. I would say there's one disadvantage. And, and if we could ever figure this out, there's no telling where this yield's going to go. It traps more heat because that's a denser canopy. So yeah. down here, as much heat as we get already, that's a negative and we're still getting a positive return. If we could ever figure out how to get that heat out of there, it would be that much better. So when you do it on a narrow row, single row, you get more wind through the canopy than what we get. You know, if you look at a heat map, everywhere we're twin row is going to be hotter than where we're single row. Yeah, got it. All right. So uh, the planting is, you said, you know, you set up a, one year, you did two planters that were twin row, one that was a single row. Is it a new unit or is it just reconfiguring an existing unit to do the twin row? No, it's a complete new unit. We actually tested a triple row last year, uh, you know, to see how far can we go. But no, it's a complete separate planter. You can't take a regular planter. You'd have to completely strip it down and start over. You need, if you're going to do twin row, you need to buy one. But if a guy wants to try it in in your area, you know, with the GPS as good as it is today, he could actually plant a half a rate of seed on a pass. Yep. And and shift track over seven or eight inches and plant another half a rate of seed and get the same effect just to try it. 
Okay, so that's the next question. So uh, where we are, we don't do, uh, I call it flood irrigation. Remind me, Lane, what do we call it down there? Furrow irrigation. Furrow irrigation. I call it flood irrigation. All right. Um, we don't do that here. We don't have raised beds. Um, am I missing out? Is somebody, could somebody in Indiana or Nebraska or whatever, could somebody go through and do um, a twin row? Uh, you said seven inches apart, seven and a half inches apart, and get the kind of results you're getting? I don't. I almost don't think so because we're just trying to get where they are at 30. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of trying to mutate ourselves into a 30 inch row. They're already 30. Now, cool trial would be to take a 30 inch planter. So at, at Ag PhD, we did our, uh, you know, we had those competition plots there and we would actually twin row our soybeans on 30 inches. So, uh, they would go in there and, and shift track that planter over and plant it right beside, like what I'm talking about doing on flat ground. I, I would like to see the data if you could take a 30 inch row and and go seven inches apart because 20 inch rows have maybe been deemed to be one of the highest yields. You know, Kevin and a lot of those guys are on 20 inch rows. Again, that's a lot of trouble, and that's why a lot of farmers don't want to do it because it's extra work. Yeah. But if it makes more yield, but I wonder sometimes if you could take a 30 inch row and twin row that and make a difference. We made over a hundred bushel beans in, in South Dakota at, at the Ag PhD plot and it was twin row. Combine setup change? Nope. Stays the same. Now it's probably 95% is efficient. You know, there's times when you think you're knocking over, you're knocking over ears, knocking over uh, stocks. We don't see it if we do. I mean, you know, it's a, we're, when I say it's 95% efficient, the driver has to pay more attention. <laughs> all those row, all those rows are going in, the, in a regular 38-inch uh, corn head just like a single row would. It's not as easy. I mean, again, there's a little bit of trouble to it, but we never have any troubles with knocking them over. All right. We talked about corn a lot on 10 bushels. Um, Lane, you can answer this. Soybeans, is it the same? I mean, you started doing this because of the soybeans, right? That's right. It's... It's definitely it's it's the same or more in in our opinion, depending on the type of ground. So we can get on some of our sandier ground and a single row will yield roughly with it. I mean, maybe a bushel or two. But you do you do the math on a bushel or two, you can make a you know pretty decent pay, payment on a plant or two. Uh most of it, most of the twin row shines in heavier ground because it doesn't get as tall, it can't be faster and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's all around. It's better. I mean, not just in yield, but in canopy closure, uh, and then you still got the opportunity to make an extra bushel or two on sandier ground. I always forget when your old man says, uh, his, his good, his bad, his good ground is Chad's bad ground and Chad's best ground is not Kelly's ground. I always forget which one is the one that's the, the good stuff. Is it the sand or the gumbo or you guys have all kinds of names for it uh, down there. Which one's the stuff that's good. Ours is ours is the sand, which would Chad calls his background. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. You missed it. Farm progress show. I had Mike Evans and Chad on the, uh, on the panel and 
uh, Evans looked at soil results from my property and he said, your ground is so bad. It reminds me of Chad Henderson. So Chad and I are still debating who's offended by that. Should Chad be offended that, 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 that he said it about me or should I be offended? He compared my stuff to Alabama. I'm still not sure. Evans can be discredited because I mean, he can just look at a soil sample at um, their place. Like, Oh man, that's the best ground in the world. So he can yeah. be a little discredited. Yeah, well, I agree with that. All right, so uh, wrap us up on this. You've got uh, the trials going. It's really not even a trial at this point. Is there any reason not to do twin rows in your situation? Uh, I don't see a reason. I don't, I mean... <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you, oh, don't, like you don't have the planting equipment, be the only one, and that there's an expense to the planting equipment. But but the, the ROI will pay for the planter in in minimal amount of years i mean the, it, it'll double what the planter payment is depending on how many acres you have right you know but you can get a cheaper twin row if you you know if you got smaller acres you just get a cheaper planter but i i can't see any reason why a guy wouldn't be twin row on all his corn and beans now i will say this you have to water every middle so they're they're there if you have water restrictions you got weak wells you know and you can't water every other middle then you need to plant single row. We have some fields like that. Yeah, we yeah, have they, some they water water every other middle lane. We talking about every other furrow. So when we when we irrigate, say twin row, each furrow's got water running down it. Yep. Here in single row, which is more of what we do in our on our cotton, we water every other furrow. So when I'm walking down there with my my little punch and whacking the the thing, I only have to do every other row if it's cotton. Yeah. Or single row corn. Yep. Right. Or single row beans. Got it. All right. So uh twin row on soybeans, twin row on corn. Is there any other crop? Uh rice is a different beast, and then cotton's your other thing, and cotton has to stay single. Would you benefit by somehow putting this method to cotton? No, it's been tried. And I mean the picking scenario in general just it just it just it just won't work. Doesn't work. Got it. All right, get me out of here, Lane. We're talking about twin row versus single row. And uh, this is, I think, interesting to anybody, even if they're in Ohio, because they're not going to do it. But I think it's interesting to hear about this practice and what you've learned. And how many years now have you been doing this? Uh, since 2006. We've been doing twin row probably consistently since, what, 2000? Yeah, probably, you know, yeah, twin row soybeans we've been doing since 2000. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So long enough time to have a, a body of a body of work to compare the results to. And it's it seems like it's not even a question. All right, get me out of here. What else? What did I ask you, burly man? I don't you know. know. Joe Weeder powder. You know, like that powder, like the, the, the meatheads do when they're in the gym where they dump the powder in the water and drink the protein. Do a lot of grunting when they're in the gym. Do you do that? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Here lately, the gym's kind of been obsolete for me. Yeah, right. You've been busy harvesting. All right. His name's Milton Miles. Uh, he's sitting next to Matt Miles. Talk about raised bed stuff with twin row versus single row. I think it's an interesting topic. And also, uh, whether you're doing it on your farm or not, it's always interesting to hear how other people are doing stuff. Maybe you can glean some information you can apply to your farm. Speaking of information you can apply to your farm, hundreds of episodes of Cutting the Curve. Hundreds of videos that I've produced or the guys have produced in the field at events that can help you with your farming game. Think about it. There's all kinds of stuff. We're talking about equipment. We're talking about agronomics, chemistry, inputs, 
uh, even the business side of farming, it's all there. Extremeag.farm. Go to Extremeag, no E on the front of Extremeag.farm and share this. It's all free. It's all there. And it's all to help you increase your ROI on your farming operation. Until next time, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Until uh, next time, I'm David Mason with Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.